Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. the problem. Got all the questions. Yeah, no, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? It's anything like this. It could cause uh, everybody to freak out. This is a new way. It's a new day. It is roughly in the microwave. Because consciousness is expanding. This is... When you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Oh, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners. And here's their response. We cannot flinch, and we will not flinch. Let's give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. We need an alert. We need an alert. We need a whoop whoop. Or a buzzer or something. I'm struggling at getting news alert. We're in a constitutional crisis, people. Oh, yeah. We're in a constitutional yeah. crisis. I was afraid of that. Oh, 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 oh. 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 <laughs> Live from Studio C. Am I asleep? Is this a nightmare? That's the sound you hear when you're in a constitutional crisis. As to. Uh, Required by the Constitution itself. Yeah, actually, Section 43, uh, Paragraph C. Part of the whole FCC rules is if uh, a constitutional crisis is declared, all radio stations which have a public license, thanks to the federal government, That's right. do need to play the Auga horn to announce, to announce the, the threat that we're all living under. A constitutional crisis. I heard old uh, old man Nadler say yesterday there of taking a bulldozer to the Constitution. That's an odd tool to use for you know several sheets of paper or a document. Uh, a bulldozer. I, I, it's more often uh, you know you more often hear shredder used for attacking the Constitution. Welcome to the program. Uh, t- today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's our general manager. Huh. Hmm. That's actually the name, the surname of the chief negotiator for the Chinese team trying to reach a trade deal, huh? <laughs> How's that spelled? Uh, H-U, I don't even know, actually. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, but uh, his name has been uh, frequently thrown around in pop music throughout the years. Bruce Springsteen pronounced it, huh? But uh, that's just a regional thing because he's from New Jersey. Now he'll be negotiating with his American counterpart. Hmm. <laughs> and then we'll have a uh, mediator from uh, from Our Europe, arbitrator, whose, whose name is Meh. <laughs> Matt. And, mm, well, he's only there because huh. what <laughs> wasn't available. What? <laughs> uh, he's working on the Palestinian thing. I'm wearing a helmet because we're in a constitutional crisis. It just seems like we should wear a helmet all day long. I'm surprised Positive Sean isn't in his gas mask. <laughs> what with a right. constitutional crisis going on? That's the picture for the website, Hanson. Sean in his gas mask for the constitutional crisis. <laughs> Do he still? He's put it on. There that's, you go. That's the gas masks we bought 
for the for the Republican convention in Cleveland. Hey, you got your copy of the uh, the pocket constitution over there still? That'd be oh, funny boy. to have him holding it. I'm always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> this is. It's a constitutional crisis. Indeed. It's a CC. You see me panicking? No, you no, don't. No. I'm ready for it. Because you have a gas mask on. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Uh, okay, speaking of crisis, I bought a pair of pants yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be... It's the same size I always buy, but these are uh-huh. bigger for some reason. Are you the like same a, size? That's the question. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm the same size. I mean, I, these pants are too big, and I think they were manufactured improperly. So it was just it, it sucks. So I'm wearing like quitter pants today. So yeah. well, that's what I like about Levi's, since they uh, went from American made to Chinese made. Mm. Is that uh, you can buy three pairs of the same size, right. and they all fit completely differently. Exactly. One's too tight to button. The other one's too loose to wear in public, and the other one's just right. Right. Exactly. Same China. And what are you, that's right, sir. That's right. You mentioned that to her when you chat with her. <laughs> Man. How about a little quality control yeah. over there? How about you pay more than a dime for your products, he might say. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. His smile is underneath his gas mask. How are you this morning, Sean? My eye things keep fogging up. I don't know if I have this fitted properly. Well, yeah, I don't know how you avoid the fogged up eye. Uh, I mean, it's a small price to pay for safety, but it's, you know, I feel like the uh, Elon Musk, can you get me a non-fogging gas mask? Well, that's why a constitutional crisis is so dangerous, because people walk around half blind, walking into the paths of motor cars, off of balconies, that sort of thing. Isn't there? It ended as soon as possible. Isn't there a, a, a funny backstory on those gas masks? I thought there was. It was well, for the Republican National Convention. Yeah, yeah well, because with Donald Trump there, it was going to be so crazy, and it wasn't. But it was going to be a hail of tear gas. Aren't those uh, like Korea surplus or <laughs> something, something with them? I don't remember where we got them. Nah, I, don't, I don't remember. Did we buy those seriously? or? Uh, I believe a, Yes. I believe one of the, uh, the upper ups in management bought them on our behest and gave them to us. Gotcha. And behalf? I, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's the word. Yes. <laughs> to uh, prepare us for it. Yeah, well, just to, right. So we didn't, you know, get gassed and sue and the rest of it or whatever. Mm, cool. It's good to have. So a we gas went mask off with. with our gas masks and our bear spray and our tasers and our extendable beating wands and the rest of it. The right eye every... fogs up more than the left. Does that mean anything? <laughs> it's probably cancer. There is Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Very celebratory today. We have got birthdays, and birthdays today include the piano man, Billy Joel, turning 70. And he's got a net worth of at least $200 million. And he's had a couple of really messy, expensive divorces. Oh, yeah. He's one of those guys that could be a billionaire if he hadn't had the divorces. Oh, indeed. Celebrating his birthday with yet another concert at Madison Square Garden, where he has played every month now for six years in a row, grossing over $138 million. Good money. Once a month, he goes out and plays. That's a good standing gig to have. Yes, the garden. He, I like Billy Joel. I'm a Billy Joel fan, yep. but he, uh, I was surprised he's only seventy. He, he drinks hard, and he's not aged well. He, hmm. he, well, he looks like what old drunks look like. Still sounding okay, though, huh? Oh yeah. I don't know about. Well, the way he drinks, hitting seventy is that's probably yeah. good news. Yeah. And it is also 
Armstrong and Getty News guy Marshall Phillips' birthday. Yes. The Happy actual, birthday. The actual age in dispute. <laughs> I do Go wanna, on the internet. Don't know where the long-form birth certificate is. I Cut do, him open. Count the rings. I do want to <laughs> clarify. Cut him open and count the rings. <laughs> I do want to clarify to those who have been sending me this clip for my birthday of a TV newscaster's best wishes. So what's a wish, Mr. Mark? Marshall Phillips, a happy birthday. He turns 100 years old. That was five years ago. It is another Marshall Phillips. I mean, whatever. I I appreciate the jocularity. I want to wish Mr. Marshall Phillips a happy birthday. He turns 100 years old. All right. I'm guessing you and Billy Joel are going to celebrate your birthday similarly. Oh, yes. With, with, with at least that drink. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, there you go. Are you going to mention your net worth? My net worth <laughs> is still officially to be determined. Oh, there you go. I'm Jack. Your your taxes are an audit. You can't reveal that. Exactly. Right. Happy uh, birthday, right. Marshall. Yeah. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Thursday, May 9th, the year 2019, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regs, swinging into action at Mark. Democrats are now the party of high taxes, high crime, open borders, late-term abortion, Witch hunts and delusions. Well, there you go. God, I watched probably half of the president's thing yesterday, and that is such a unique political event, probably in our nation's history. Yeah. So much of the just ad-libbing populist cheering crowd. I mean, it's just, it is something. It is, like, it is, it is an act. Well, and the last one I saw was, where was he? Was it Wisconsin? Where he had uh, a basketball stadium full and then three or four thousand people outside yeah. watching on big screens. Couldn't yeah. get in. He was uh, in Florida yesterday. We've got more of that. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, Democrats declare a constitutional crisis. So Trump I heard. Calls it nonsense. Okay. North Korea pops off again. And we've got even more concerns about Amazon listening in and never forgetting. Coming up. Wow. How's mailbag? Oh, it's it's fine. It's good. It's got some real wisdom to it and a fine freedom-loving quote of the day you'll want to throw around all day. And the deadline on the Chinese tariff thing is midnight tonight, right? Yep. That could be a big deal. Yep. Lots to talk about on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Finally, you have to get back on that Nexium cult story. The trial is going on, and oh man, is there weirdness there? World class weirdness. I mean, it's it's unfortunate we're not going to be able to give it its full shrift because we're in the midst of a constitutional crisis. I've called my children back to the family bosom, even though they're all adults and living their own lives. I just, I feel like we ought to all be together right now. I think we need to pair the Auga uh, with Nadler saying we're in a constitutional I crisis. I think we, that's being efforted as we speak. We are now in a constitutional crisis. There you go. Right. There you go. Official announcement. The official announcement. Oh, that's when it my. starts, when he makes the announcement. That's oh, when the crisis begins. Oh, when it ends, I don't know. So, uh, tons of great mailbag today. 
You got me on that one. Uh, it was a bit of a uh, ad-lib. A lot of great email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is the email address. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will sprinkle it in throughout the show, but I wanted to get a couple of uh, things that are slightly longer in. First of all, a fabulous freedom-loving quote of the day sent along uh, by Ben the Libertarian from John Dahlberg Acton, First Baron Acton. Anyway, uh, the whole title thing is going to find moronic, but you've heard part of this. I guarantee it. Here's the rest of the story. Uh, Dahlberg Acton said, I cannot accept your canon that we are to judge Pope and King unlike other men with a favorable presumption that they did no wrong. If there's any presumption, it is the other way against holders of power, increasing as the power increases. Historic responsibility has to make up for the want of legal responsibility. Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. Still more when you super add the tendency or the certainty of corruption by authority. There is no worse heresy than that the office sanctifies the holder of it. That is the point at which the negation of Catholicism and the negation of liberalism meet and keep high festival, and the end learns to justify the means. So that's the power corrupts absolutely quote. Mm-hmm. And it's well, power full, corrupts oh, and absolute power, absolutely. Did right. you say what year that was? Uh, I did not. 1781. I made that up. I don't know. <clears throat> That's good stuff, though. Words to live by. Don't worship any politicians, either party. Please, I'm begging you. Uh, moving along. Uh, so it's uh, Tom. <clears throat> so let me get this straight. The left wants us to embrace socialism at the same time we are selling back our arms. Sound familiar? Hmm. I think that's well said. Uh, Robert. Uh, this is a quote from Chauncey Mitchell Depew, whose work I do not know. But he was at the... Un- that's a hell of a name. Oh, I know. I wish my name was Chauncey. Chauncey Depew? I might change it. That's great. I'll go down to the courthouse today with 25 bucks, and all of a sudden I'm Chauncey. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You get tired of it next week? You're a man of means. Go back and change Another it. 25 bucks? Change it again. And I'm back to Gunner, the original nickname I wanted as a child. So, and listen, it's, it's galling to me how often people tend to uh, cite the uh, inscription at the Statue of Liberty as official uh, immigration policy. It's a poem by some gal in the 1800s. It's not the Constitution. But here's what Chauncey Mitchell Depew said at the unveiling of the statue. There is room in America and brotherhood for all who will support our institutions and aid in our development. But those who come to disturb our peace and dethrone our laws are aliens and enemies forever. Hmm. So immigrants who would break the law and screw up the country are aliens and enemies forever. Right at the veiling of the statue, whose poem is so often quoted. But that's never quoted. I've never heard that before. There you go. There's the difference between the truth and the whole truth. Yeah, old Emma Lazarus was uh, talking about huddled masses. But old Chauncey Depew said, yeah, well, hang on now. And then he unleashed that little... I got a caveat. Little bonmo. Yeah, 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 it only goes so far, he said. Here's Adam and Sacto. Uh, this is, I don't know this to be true. Maybe we'll look into it. 
Uh, the media's sudden morality about these shootings. The only reason the media is finally downplaying the Colorado shooting is not because they've had a chance change of heart about giving angry cowards a platform, but because the shooters were anti-Trump. I haven't heard that. Yeah, the, the you know, to the extent that you want to hear this, the... Uh, well, I don't. Okay, the main shooter had anti-Trump stuff on his, on his Facebook page. I, I tell you this. If he had pro-Trump stuff but on that his Facebook page, doesn't mean anything. It would be the lead story in America. You you are right. You are right about it. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it's got anything to do with anything. No, but you are right. Mm-hmm. No, nope. if, if he had been a uh, had a MAGA hat, that it would have been absolutely part of the story. Major Both those things are true, no doubt. Major event in our nation's history yesterday around this school shooting. So there were two school shooters. That's being left out a lot, but, mm-hmm. but there are two. And uh, the one who identifies differently than the sex they was declared on their birth certificate. Um, so we have the first instance in a courtroom of someone who went into a school to shoot a bunch of their classmates and murder as many people as possible, telling the judge which pronoun to, to call them. Oh, boy. The lawyer spoke for the uh, shooter. Oh this boy. is the pronoun you need to refer to, my client. Right. So we're now good that you get to choose your pronoun, even if you went to shoot a whole bunch of kids. Right. You went to slaughter innocents, but you can still insist on your pronouns. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's something. It's it's a wake-up call, I think. But anyway, I don't know exactly what we're waking up from. Um, and then uh, this. I like this note from Dan. Talking about the singularity, which we were discussing the other day. The point at which computers become smarter than humans. And can program themselves, run themselves, repair themselves. And they're all talking to each other. Right. And plotting plotting against us. Needless to say. Naturally. We we talked about this for like 20 minutes at the dinner table last night. Mm. Mm. My wife and I are both convinced the computers will not plot plot against us, but my, my kids are. Let's step back for a minute, he says. We're going to be experiencing AI more and more. We'll get a good taste of it before the singularity point. For instance, what if the AI was given the task of running the national treasury? That would be awesome if its objective was to only spend what was federally allowed and get us out of debt. Imagine, pure reason, no emotion, no placating, no pandering. That is pretty good right there. Yeah, there's more to his note. Perhaps we'll uh, get to that in a few moments. That could happen. Marshall's Great News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Gentlemen, we are in a constitutional crisis. We are in a constitutional crisis. A constitutional crisis of a high magnitude. We got our, our computer is frozen up, so we can't play our clip. Oh well. Oh. What are you going to do? See, we should have drilled more. I told you we should have drilled more. It's probably part of the constitutional crisis that computers will freeze up. Oh, absolutely. The evildoers, they send out their viruses. Mm. Uh, news now with Marcia Villalobos. Well, the House Judiciary Committee voted along party lines to hold Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt to Congress for refusing to provide a full, unredacted copy of Robert Mueller's Russia Which report. Is similar to the importance of National Pancake Day. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's not what I hear. That oh, move, boy. That move coming as President Trump claimed executive privilege over the full report, contending he has the right to block lawmakers from getting it. Yeah, that, what percentage of, of normal people, oh, no, not even normal people, of all people are paying attention to this sort of thing? The very, very small. contempt, yeah. It's like 3% of the country. 
paying attention to this at all or cares. Right. Or is going to have their mind changed in any way about anything because of it. Amy Walter from the Cook Political Report, who is seen on MSNBC as often as she's seen on Fox News. She does just does polling and analysis. Uh, she was talking uh, she, about, uh, well, she unleashed a bunch of poll numbers that said essentially large groups of Americans, a, a majority, I believe, said they, be- they believe that during the whole investigation, Russia investigation, that the president probably behaved dishonestly or uh, tried to obstruct justice or something like that. Most people. And most people said impeachment is completely out of the question, and the same percentages voted were for him as were against him going in. Right. So now you're taking a sub-sub-sub story of the whole investigation and asking people to care about that. It's just, it's not happening. It's just, it's a parade to raise money and then grow mailing lists, mostly. One person who's keeping a close eye on all this, Democratic Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler declaring... We've talked for a long time about approaching a constitutional crisis. We are now in it. We're not a constitutional crisis. We are now in a constitutional crisis. We're in a constitutional crisis. Wear knee-high boots, gas masks. I wouldn't go to work or send your kids to school. Just sit on your front porch with a shotgun in your lap and wait. President Trump, observing all this, had his rally in Florida, told supporters it's time for the Democrats to move on. And the Democrats really should be focused now on restoring and helping the Emerald Coast of Florida, because that's what it is. It's time to come together for the people of Panama City, for the people of Florida, for the people of our country. It's time to stop this nonsense. The South Korea military says North Korea fired two short-range missiles today. That's the second weapons test in under a week. Yeah. He, he, he's starting to really remind me of one of my kids, particularly when they were younger than they are now in, their beha- in his behavior. Mm. He's just, I get what you're doing here, dude. I see what you're doing. You're trying to get some attention. You're trying to get your way. We're going to mm. ignore you. You'll get tired of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. One of the missiles reportedly flew 260 miles, the other around 170. And then on Saturday, the North had also fired several short-range missiles, the first weapons launch there since 2017. I actually think the best psychological strategy would be just to ignore it. Well, and to the tantrum metaphor, he goes far, but not farther than he knows he should. He's not violating any specific terms of the detente. Right. He's just shooting off that missile right. and this one over here. It's like when I've watched a child uh, do one of these tantrums and they like knock something over that's not important and then I've seen them like look at something and they no, better not do that yeah. one. And then over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're acting like they're out of control but they're in control enough to say yeah, if I knock that over dad's going to get really mad. <laughs> and that's the way that's exactly what Kim's doing. Yep. Yep. They got quite a food crisis going on over there too. Increasing desperation they say. Pope Francis has just issued a new law requiring all Catholic priests and nuns around the world to report clergy sexual abuse and cover-ups by their superiors to church authorities. They're calling this a groundbreaking new effort to hold the Catholic hierarchy accountable 
for failing to protect their flock. Uh, number one, how astounding is it that wasn't the rule already? Right, yeah, you shouldn't complain when good things happen, but right. how is that just happening now? And, and number two, the church authorities don't exactly have a fabulous track record for doing the right thing, having been right. given this information. Wouldn't it be better to say you go to the authorities or... Well, yeah, you go to the authorities. Depending on, again, is it... Sec- well, what was the phrase specifically? Sexual abuse? Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Great. And cover-ups. Okay, well, yeah. I, well, yeah, you got to go to the authorities. I mean, if it's just some priest who's who's got a girlfriend, well, then you're not going to call the cops. But if it's somebody right. underage, well, yeah. Amazon met with a lot of skepticism from privacy advocates and some members of Congress last year when it introduced its first kid-oriented voice assistant, the Echo Dot Speaker, designed specifically for children. Well, now the campaign for a commercial-free childhood says the kids' version of Amazon's Alexa won't forget what children tell it even after parents try to delete those conversations. Oh, boy. For that and other alleged privacy flaws, they found while they were testing the service, they are asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether Amazon is violating children's privacy laws. I think you can assume they are. On it goes. And one last note, lawyers for R. Kelly says the R&B singer didn't respond to a lawsuit against him because he couldn't read the documents. The Chicago (laughs) Sun-Times... Says the An illiterate Cook, child molester. Says the Cook County judge reinstated the civil lawsuit against Kelly after his attorney said the singer was illiterate. Lawsuit filed by one of Kelly's alleged victims in his criminal sexual abuse what, case. Why does God give him such a beautiful voice and I sing like an angry donkey? <laughs> an angry <laughs> donkey? <laughs> why, yeah, like a donkey is, is uh, taking the whip and resents it. Wow. At, that's so your, there's no justice. That's your and no justice, no peace. I'm going to march against R. Kelly having a beautiful voice. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It turns out, doc, <sighs> it turns out Dr. Ruth is still alive. I didn't know that. And she has sex advice for millennials. Yes. She was a big deal in like the 80s. Or I 90s? believe so. That was a yes. long time ago. Many moons ago. She was an old woman then. Roughly when Trump was writing off real estate losses <laughs> on paper. Yes. And, and every bit is relevant. And uh, you have more on the singularity when computers take over the world? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, some philosophizing, predicting, um, and, and, and speculation. we got to play some of the clips of Trump at the rally yesterday, his big rally, when he... When he got into um, uh, describing the various candidates that are running against him. Oh, boy. I hope he was respectful. Going through the Democratic field. That's pretty good stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. from a buddy of mine who said, I feel like I hardly know you. You like Billy Joel? Uh, it's Billy Joel's birthday. How about playing some Billy Joel for crying out loud? I will do that. He had like 900 hits. It's Billy Joel turns, and it's not just any birthday, he turns 70 today. Michael's a hater. Why Which do you hate? 70 is an amazing accomplishment for somebody who's been so drunk they've crashed their car into the same house multiple times. <laughs> I tell you what, I am not buying that house. <laughs> it's so, on his way home, apparently. 
A couple of a uh, couple of thoughts on technology. Number one, I can't find it, but somebody said every time I hear Jack and Sean talk about technology, I want to gouge my ears out. Passwords? Have you ever heard of a password fold uh, a wallet? There you go. Google it. Yeah, I've heard of it. That's stupid and doesn't do anything to address the underlying issue of passwords. Oh, more of your blah, blah, blah. And uh, moving along. Uh, the... Half of your IT people's time is spent on getting people into oh. their accounts. That's what we learned you yesterday. You know what? As long That's as what's amazing. Half. Um... So you hire an IT comp- a group of people so they can do all these complicated, amazing things. And what do they do all day long? Get you back into your email account. Brian, who worked for a company that handled, like, outsourced tech for various companies. He says, I was a manager at a call center, and the cost per call was $10 to handle it for the companies. I don't know exactly how that works. Let's not get hung up on it. But people would say they want to use their old password after they got locked out after 30 days or something like that. We'd ask, okay, what is it so we can reset it? And they wouldn't remember, and they would argue angrily with my staff. <laughs> Do this 65 times a day Sounds good. on the average day. Sounds like a good time. Effing ponderous. <laughs> oh, my hero. God. It's, thank you for that real life. Oh. Uh, oh. Amen from the world of tech, Brian. So uh, Dan wrote this uh, note to us about the singularity, which we were talking about at the very end of the show. Yesterday, which is essentially when computers are smarter than humans and can run themselves, program themselves, fix themselves, and nobody learn, knows, learn, communicate, and nobody knows what will really happen at that point. Right. Well, science fiction movies know they will come for us. They will stamp us out. They will hook us up into little pods and mine our energy as as batteries to run their computers, like in the Matrix or something horrific like that. I'm not sure exactly what shape it'll take, but it will end up with our vital fluids being drained. Who's the smart guy in the wheelchair? Stephen Hawking, Stephen perhaps? Hawking. There are probably quite a few smart guys in wheelchairs, Jack. Maybe you ought to give them a chance. Boy, that was good. That was one of my better ones, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I really like that yeah, one. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. He yeah. said, and, I, and I've always thought this too, so I was glad to hear him say it. He doesn't think it's anything to worry about because they have no... They have no reason to do evil. They don't have any of the human needs for power, sex, money, anything. There's nothing to drive them to want to take over the world or kill us all. Or is there? If you use an ominous enough voice, Ego. You, can just, you can just put stop Stephen Hawking in his tracks. Mm. No, they, they're not going to eliminate us because we, we give them human emotions of those sort of things. We are inefficient, illogical things that do nothing but impede the the harmonious, logic-based future that they are they are trying to work towards. That actually makes some sense to me. Exactly. I, I think Stephen Hawking was asking the wrong question. Not whether they have the human emotions that lead humans to kill, but what tendencies or quote-unquote emotions will computers develop that will make them want to kill us? Mm. Because they will. But anyway, uh, Dan is, has a less dark view. He says, uh, what if AI... Yes? An AI would watch four episodes of The View and say, we just got to get rid of them all. <laughs> well, so there's an upside. <laughs> what if AI was given the task of running the national treasury? It'd be awesome if its objective was to spend only what was federally allowed and get us out of debt. Imagine pure reason, no emotion, no placating. You know, humans would have to set the uh, budgetary priorities. But if the thing was programmed not to deficit spend, except in very limited circumstances, you know, and, and then the politicians, politicians are absolutely cowards, mostly because the electorate doesn't want courage. They want pandering. You want pan. Well, you people probably don't, but um, 
a politician who always tells the truth and doesn't pander and says, look, all these handouts that we were giving you, we're going to have to cut them. They would lose every single but time. But computers, for instance, it's mind-boggling if you think about it. Computers, especially when they reach this point, could take in every utterance that's ever been made politically, every speech at once in an instant, share it completely around the world with all the other computers and make some sort of predictions about politics through that. Yeah. With algorithms. Mm, it's just amazing. Yeah, probably, yeah. But anyway, uh, the the chicken politicians, because we get the government we deserve, could you know throw up their hands and say, I'm sorry, I just, I can't. The computer's not allowed to spend beyond our means, so... And they would deflect the responsibility, which might end up in a good place. I don't see why we're assuming that the budget bot would assume just to stop deficit spending as opposed to say, well, we need to raise taxes to get out of this thing and then we can cut, right? Like they're, like oh, that's they're certainly projecting possible. Republican yeah. principles upon no, your, your no, budget bot. It almost certainly would. At some... Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Turn off his mic. At some point we could determine... Uh, oh, that's not... Okay. Next, we should uh, discuss all topics in light of not artificial intelligence, but rather the ultimate intelligence. If you do do believe in God, then you believe he put us here. Most religions believe that humans are the center of creation and that God will watch over us. If that's true, we have nothing to worry about. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I I hate to get into theology just because it draws angry emails from every sect, subsect, denomination, and religion on earth. Um uh, let's see. In fact, if singularity does occur, think about this. Then if there is a God, AI will figure it out and understand that humanity is sacred as a whole. And f- for God's sake, literally, not smite us. If the singularity does occur, if the definition that I'm going by, uh, that computers learn to program themselves, that's not an if, it's a when. Computer power doubles right. every 18 months. It's just going to happen. Now, there are various dates as to when it's going to happen. 2040-something, 2030-something, depending on who you ask. Computers will outsmart people and be able to program themselves and then hook each other up to each other. It's just going to be insane. And and listen, Dan, while I appreciate the thought-starting question, because, you know, that's fine, and it is a good thought-starter, I could absolutely imagine a theology that would say, well, God will actually use the computers to get rid of a substantial portion of mankind. And restart yet again. Is that the next evolution of human beings? We created this. Is what's the next? Is going to be the next human being? And you take away all the awfulness of human nature. The stuff I just mentioned: power, lust, greed. All that stuff won't exist in computers. Yes, but as long as humans are around, they will not change. The computers will snuff us out, though. Oh, if we're mean, well, they'll just they'll be like first grade teachers. They'll know we're going to be mean ah. and snuff us out. Oh. Can't we just? I think we really should unplug computers, though, before the singularity gets here. <laughs> just unplug them all, drain the batteries. Well, by the time it occurs, I think I'm going to be an old fella. So uh, I really won't be high on their list unless, I don't know, maybe they will come for the old because we're a drain on society. Because the, the, the I imagine I'll, I'll be able to watch the first chunk of the compiocalypse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> From, you know, my, my my porch in the woods where I plan to retire. Um, and so, it, you know, it'll just be, I'll think, well, I'll be damned. This is how humanity ends. I'll probably call my kids or, or send my brainwaves to them because you won't have to use a phone or anything at that point. And uh, say, you know, I would I would run for my lives if I were you. Good luck, guys. Love you tons. Um, anyway, I'm going to sit here and watch, uh, what's the old expression? Uh, I'm going to sit here and watch the fire burn. Hmm. It's not just a fanciful notion, I don't think. It's going to happen. 
Which aspect of it? The com- just, computers the, getting so smart that they, they then run themselves on their own. Yeah. Uh, isn't the key question the only real question? And really, we ought to be high while we're discussing this. It really aids it. It helps it. Um, isn't the only question, will they achieve, will they reach something like consciousness or will? Or will they remain tools? I mean, for like my laptop is pretty impressive, um, especially my MacBook. Uh, I mean, it can do amazing things at an amazing speed, but it does not give a damn. <laughs> no, you're right. So they could just sit around and do nothing until we tell them to do something, because they have no reason to do anything every day. Right, or not do anything. They just don't care. <laughs> yeah, part of the, the lack of ambition or, or greed or any of that sort of stuff. Right. Um, the trouble comes when we try to assign it things like, hey, hey, budget bot, balance the budget. And they say, oh, well, it's just the people that are getting in the way of this. Too many people eating too much food, right. bulldozing now. Or, or fix global warming. <laughs> oh, okay, turns out the people are the problem. We got yeah. So it, it depends on the programs that we assign these things to solve. Right where them it, carefully. Where, where it gets out of whack, in my, in my view. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, so the, the Sean Bot 5000 decides we're going to end global warming. Uh, we, obviously, we need to snuff. Uh, four to four point four billion people. Uh, we'll keep monitoring the uh, the uh, the emissions as we snuff people, and uh, and and some coder forgot to write in. P.S. Do not snuff people. Right, right. <laughs> there are a lot of great books uh, about this. Uh, some of them serious, and some of them fiction, that sort of stuff. But you should check them out if you're into it at all. It I, is going to happen. I would like a two page summary. I think that's probably enough for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all a guess. Getting beyond that, my mind will start to wander. And as you pointed out yesterday, there will still be parts of the world where people are caving in each other's heads over uh, their their view of their religion, a tiny little difference, or because they think you might be gay or something. Certainly. For instance, plucky Christian gal in Pakistan who is on death row for blasphemy has uh, finally been turned loose. Uh, to join her family in Canada. That's right. Nuclear-armed Pakistan still snuffs people if you're not quite uh, respectful enough to the official religion, which is, of course, Islam. Yeah, that ain't going away anytime soon. Nope. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 